the old one pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. One by the line, doesn't look to be alive for one base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Jason and Bartek. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. This is The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. All the sports knowledge you could ever need. Starting right now. Hello and welcome to The Water Break, the best late night sports show on 88.9 The Bridge. I hope your Friday night is going amazing. Um, I'm McLean here with Will, Cy, and Creed uh, with me virtually. You guys want to say hi? What's up? Hello. All right. That's all of you at once. Um... (laughs) quickest i think we've ever done this intro um so we're gonna start off as we always do with five and five bringing you news from five sports in five minutes side do you want to kick us off with nba news sure all right so first i'm gonna just run through the scores from all of the games yesterday so miami beat philadelphia or no philadelphia beat miami 125 to 108 toronto beat charlotte 111 to 108 that was a close game um, Houston beat San Antonio, uh, 109 to 105 and, uh, Denver beat Golden State 114 to 104. And I know because we're in the Pacific Northwest, we have a lot of trailblazers fans. Sadly, they lost to the Pacers 111 to 87. And speaking of the trailblazers, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, one of our centers broke his wrist. So he's out at least eight weeks. And, um, in other teams that are in the league, uh, the Nets just acquired James Harden, so I think that just puts them up to be a contender now. I mean, they were already contenders with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, but now they're just like they're just on another level. And um, yeah, and some more news is that Pope Francis uh, blessed the Atlanta Hawks MLK jersey, which is pretty interesting. And um, yeah, other than that, the Lakers are going pretty strong, and I think that's all the NBA news I have. All right. Well, that was informative. Uh, Will, you want to tell us about the NHL? Yeah, it's been a really, really good couple of days in the NHL. I mean, as you know, the season just kicked off a few days ago, and we've had some great games already. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Canucks Oilers, which they played two games and split them. Canucks taking the first one 5-3, Oilers took the second 5-2, and uh, they looked pretty evenly matched in both games, I would say, just throughout. McDavid certainly turned it on in the second one, uh, I think he was a bit upset about the loss, ended up getting a hat trick to put the Canucks three goals 
or the Oilers three goals ahead of the Canucks. Uh, but I think on the Canucks side, we saw some really promising prospects in uh, Hugo Levy, and I probably pronounced that wrong, the defenseman, and also uh, Niels Hoaglander, which I also probably pronounced wrong. He's Swedish, and he got a goal in his rookie debut, which I think is awesome. Blues clobbered the Avalanche 4-1, which is pretty unexpected. I actually have the Avalanche as my Stanley Cup pick this year. Um, but aside from that, Leafs Canadians went into overtime, Flyers stomped the Penguins, and the Lightning beat the Blackhawks. Uh, we got some really good matchups coming up in the next couple of days too, and there is actually non-stop hockey for like the next couple of months until the playoffs. So it's going to be exciting, and I can't wait for that. Anyways, let's go on to Creed for some soccer. Yeah, so in soccer this week, we have match day 19 of 38 coming up in the English Premier League. Um, and I think the biggest game uh, is going to be Liverpool-Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United is first in the league with Liverpool right behind them in second. Um, and both teams, obviously, really good. But this is going to be kind of like the title race. Um, some teams following close behind, though, are Man City in third and Leicester, and Leicester City in uh, fourth. Uh, both with 32 points, and um, Man City's going to be playing against Crystal Palace, and both of those games, Liverpool, Man United, and Man City, Crystal Palace are Sunday at um, 8.30 a.m. for the Man United game and 11.15 a.m. Uh, for the Man City game. So both two really amazing games, and it's pretty interesting. Manchester United and Manchester City, a couple of weeks ago, we're all the way uh, down in like 10th and 12th place in the standings, but have since rebounded um, and have really caught up. And now with Manchester United in first, um, they're definitely showing a strong run for the title. All right, McLean? Oh, uh, yeah. So in baseball this week, um, it was pretty quiet on the free agency front. Um, nothing much happened, but there are rumors swirling that uh, the Yankees and all-world infielder DJ LeMayu are close to a deal. Um, if they re-sign, it'll mean that New York will probably have to let most of their pitching staff walk because the team has stated that they want to stay under the luxury tax line, um, which means that guys like James Paxton and uh, uh, guys like him are probably not coming back. Now, in football, um, Seahawks fans will be either glad or not so glad to know that the team is parting ways with offensive coordinator Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, do you guys think that his replacement is in the building or will it be an outside hire? I think it's going to be an outside hire. I, I don't think that they're just going to look in the building for someone else. I feel like um, there's gonna, there are a lot of coaching free agents, so I think we could find a nice offensive coordinator. Who do you guys think some of the likely options could be? I mean, I really don't know a whole lot about Ocords, but I I would like to see at least someone with a lot of experience because our offense is super talented and we have a lot of potential there. And Brian Schottenheimer, I think, was also a big piece of that. So we can't just pick anyone up and expect them to do the same kind of role and job that he had. I think we need to get someone that's certainly done it a lot before with a really good quarterback too um but i really don't know who all right one of the guys that i talked about as a potential replacement for schottenheimer early in the week uh was former eagles head coach doug peterson um i think peterson might be a, a good option because he's worked with uh some quarterbacks in the past who have you know, been pretty talented, um, Carson Wentz, uh, most notably, but also Nick Foles and a little bit with Jalen Hurts. 
Um, so he's been able to do uh, exemplary stuff with, you know, subpar groups of skill position players and great quarterbacks. So uh, we might be able to see some of his uh, play calling tendencies. Uh, he might get to open up the playbook more with Wilson um, and Seattle would get to see a lot more of like the quick passing and tempo offense run. Um, another guy they could look for, um, Wilson said that he wanted uh, tempo offense, uh, you know, not limping to the line of scrimmage with nine or eight seconds left on the play clock. Um, another uh, guy they could look for uh, to, you know, fill that vacancy is, um, give me a minute, Tony Elliott is the guy. Um I believe that, uh, you know, after running the offense so well at Clemson, I believe he could bring some of the, you know, quick quick passing game and some of that tempo offense that Wilson has stated that he wants the Seahawks to be able to do better. Um, and I mean, I personally, I don't fault Wilson for wanting to get the, uh, the, the quick passing game involved. I mean, they've he's got a, um, you know, top-tier wide receiver in DK Metcalf, you know, somebody who really... Uh, you know, kind of needs that, you know, tempo offense to be able to succeed. Um, some He could run uh, an offense similar to what the Atlanta Falcons did in 2016, a Kyle Shanahan type offense. I think um, Wilson's mobility in that uh, style of offense might, uh, might help the Seahawks, especially as Wilson looks to run less and scramble more to evade sacks as he starts to get older. I mean, Wilson is 32. What do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah, I think that's... Oh, you go. Yeah, I mean, I think that... Um, I think Russell Wilson would definitely t- play a lot better in a more, like... Well, I we've seen he plays, like, a lot better in a running offense or, like, an RPO kind of offense, kind of like San Francisco. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, like, Kyle Shanahan 2016 Falcons win, like... Uh, they 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 where they made uh what's his name Devonta Freeman into the guy, um and he had <laughs> yeah. like fourteen hundred yards from scrimmage um and then Julio and Taylor Gabriel were also both thousand yard receivers and I believe Mohamed Sanu was uh you know a big factor too, so I don't know I mean um the Seahawks offense could look you know similar to that Kyle Shanahan style of offense um. Bringing in Elliott, his offense didn't look exactly like Shanahan's did, but, you know, still utilized tempo, made the running back a central uh, part of it. It's, um, de- you know, definitely there's there's some parallels. Yeah, and I mean, well, also the offense is going to depend on our personnel because we have a lot of free agents, right? Like Jacob Hollister, KJ Wright. Well, he's not an offensive player, but no, Greg Olson, uh, Carlos Hyde, um... I'm pretty sure Hyde and Carson are free agents. Yeah, Carson. Um, yeah. And of the of the other skill position players, it's so Hyde and, Hyde and Carson are the uh, running backs, and also Hollister and Olson are free agents. You mentioned them before, um, and also David Moore. So, yeah, David Moore is pretty good this year. So, yeah. Um, and uh, Philip Dorsett, but he didn't play this year, so he was on a one-year contract. But you know, he didn't see the field, so. Um, he might be back on like a veteran minimum contract type of deal. Yeah, I think I think we certainly need to get more in Carson back. I know we didn't get to see a whole lot of Carson because he was injured, but he has a really big impact when he does play, and I would I would love to see him back here again. 
Yeah, when Carson's know. healthy, the Seahawks are a different animal. I mean, we saw what happened when Carson and Hyde were both gone. We saw how lost the Seahawks' offense looked. I mean, Seattle played four games, I believe, without the both of them, and in those four games, they turned the ball over 11 times. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, also, I mean, we didn't get to see Josh Gordon at all because of his, um, his off-the-field issues. So I feel like if we had, like, we're missing, like, one piece from being, like, really, really good, I think. Yeah, and I mean, um, I think that one piece uh, might be, like, a receiving tight end. Uh, Will Disley is a great blocker, but, you know, Jacob Hollister is not too consistent as a receiver, and Olsen's been on and off the field all season with injuries. I think a, um, they could uh, look to the draft. Maybe if they like what they have in Colby Parkinson, he could see more of a role next season as a receiving tight end. Um you know, or they could turn to free agency, maybe go and get, um, I don't know, a guy like Jonu Smith. No, I don't think Smith is a free agent, but they could go and get, um, they could maybe go and get, like, uh, go get Zach Ertz. He's a free agent if they assume that Ertz can turn back the clock. Oh, yeah. Ertz, I think, I think he was like, he was thinking about retirement, I'm pretty sure, but. Well, sure, um, but so was Greg Olson. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I mean,. I don't know. The tight ends aren't looking very good. We got Gerald Everett. He's all right. Everett's um, a free agent. Yeah. Could go and yeah. get him. He's, got, again, much more of a blocker. But, like, you know, all good tight ends can do both. Yeah. They yeah. got Jason Witten. He's a little old. But Rob Gronkowski, maybe? He's probably no, not coming here. I don't think he's parting ways with Brady. I think this is probably his last year. The last time uh, when, um, when uh, Bill Belichick tried to move him to the Lions, he just retired. So he really doesn't want to play without Brady. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of tight ends, just fantasy-wise, there's really not a whole lot. I mean, outside of the little box where you have maybe Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller, and a few other members that aren't maybe anticipated to be that high, tight ends are really not that, like, you know how there's a lot of depth in wide receivers? Yeah. There's not at all depth in uh, tight ends in fantasy. So I think... I think drafting someone like Kelsey maybe in the like higher mid end of the second round would actually be a pretty good play cuz I know I had doing, him last year. Are we doing year. fantasy football advice now? I mean it it relates to football, but he was just <laughs> right. so dominant compared to everyone else. It really makes a difference and I think that's part of the reason why I got a championship. Okay, we'll just wanted to humble brag that he got a fantasy football championship. Yeah, I know. He always it's, gets championships. Hey, at least I won no, though. He doesn't. So. What do you mean he does? This is his first time winning, and at least when I played him. Yeah, so. this is in our league. This is my first time winning. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, congratulations to Will. Um, Good job. Shout out Good to Will it. over the air. Um, now I think uh, we're gonna go to a quick break. Uh, you can uh, be back on eighty-eight nine. The bridge will still be here. Uh, continue listening for more uh, conversation and music there. I can't even do the tagline right. It's not my day. More music and conversation that spans generations. I'm McLean. Thank you for listening to The Water Break. Hello and welcome back to The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. This is the best late night sports show on the station. I'm McLean. I got Will, Creed, and Cy in the studio with me. And we're going to talk about some Seattle Seahawks offseason plans. All right. So um, the first uh, question I'm going to bring to you guys. Uh, do you think Chris Carson should come back? Uh, I mean, I'll take this one first. I I completely think that he should come back. I'd love to see him here. And although he hasn't had 
the greatest, at least health-wise, season uh, last year. I think he was still really good in the times he did play. And I said this last segment, and I'll say it again. I think we need him. I think he's a big part of our offense. And I certainly think that we're not going to get far without a really good running back. Yeah, all right. I'm in a similar camp. I think what Chris Carson has done uh, for this team, I think he's been amazing for this team. I think that if he doesn't come back, Carlos Hyde has to come back. But one of those two uh, needs to be on this roster next year. Rashad Penny just... Uh, for all the things he is, he's an amazing change of pace back, and he's shown that he can be a good return man at college if Carroll wants to use him for that. But I don't think that he's, you know, a clear-cut, like, bell cow, you know? Unless the Seahawks are going to completely change the offense to build, like, a Saints-style offense where the, with how they utilize Alvin Kamara, I feel like Rashad Penny might be able to do that, like, but, like, on a pitch count, you know? Maybe not the 30 touches a game that Kamara gets, but I feel like he could uh, be a similar, like, receiving back. Um, but my point is that's not too likely, so I feel like either Carson or Hyde has to be back next season. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, Carson is good, right? But we also, I think we need to pick up a running back who's who's going to produce but also stay healthy more because, I mean, Carson, he's he's been great for us, but... He, his career has been filled with injuries, and I mean, I don't think next year we can afford to have like a four-game stint without a good running back, without a running game, because that'll just, that will not be good. Um, that that did not feel good this year, so I think we need to pick up a reliable running back. You think we should go get Frank Gore? No. <laughs> no, you want somebody younger? You want somebody on the right side of 35? Yeah, yeah I think Gore might blow away if he takes too many snaps. The wind will just get to him. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know. I mean, I was I was kind of half joking, but bringing in Frank Gore actually does kind of make some sense. I mean, he's a you know good uh, backup running back. He'd definitely have to operate, uh, like I said before, on a pitch count. But um, you know, he's uh, he's been healthy for his whole career. He's never really been. Uh, had too many injury concerns. Uh, I think he had one like big injury with the Niners, but uh, other than that, he's been able to stay healthy. Um, and he plays, you know, similar in style to those like Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, you know, kind of full head of steam running backs without too much abilities in the receiving game, but are, you know, hit the hole fast and run over defenders when they get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what I meant was though, like, I think we need a running back who, if Chris Carson goes down, he can carry the run game. Like he can still be good. Um, but I think the main concern is probably the O-line because Russell Wilson is not going to survive in a division with Aaron Donald if he doesn't have a better O-line. So I think we should focus mainly on that this offseason. I personally think uh, I've thought a bit about the offensive line. I think Dwayne Brown's got another couple of seasons in him. Um, You know, guys like Andrew Whitworth have shown that you can play the left tackle position for a long time. Andrew Whitworth, Joe Thomas, uh, Trent Williams, actually, um, all guys that were able to play left tackle well into their 30s. Um, Dwayne Brown, he's 34. Four, I believe so he should have a couple more seasons left in him he might not play until he gets to 38 like uh like like Whitworth did but he's definitely got maybe one more 
And with a year left on his contract, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be back. Uh, Damian Lewis, Ethan Postick are both young studs, and I think Brandon Shell is definitely a guy I'd like to have back. Um, but I don't really uh, think that the team has their long-term answer at left guard. That revolving door of Mike Upati, uh, Jordan Simmons, uh, you know, rotating in and out with um, other guys, Cedric Okubei, for example, getting work there. I um. I think the teams uh, should probably look for a free agent to play guard or draft somebody in the draft. It takes it takes a bit to develop O-linemen, though, and I don't know how much longer we have with Russ and some of the players that are on our team right now. So I think picking up someone might be the better option. And I, I'll talk about Ethan Poshik. I don't really like him, to be honest. I think he could go, and I think if we replaced him with a better center, maybe someone who doesn't get as many penalties, I think we'd be fine. Well, centers are expensive, and I personally, I think that Postic is good because he plays, he's still on a rookie deal, and I believe he's got one more season left on that rookie deal. So, and because he wasn't a first-round pick, he doesn't have that first-round pick price tag. Uh, you know, Postic was drafted uh, in the second round. So... He's a guy who could like, uh, who could hang around with the team and work as a center. He was definitely a much better center than, um, than, than Joey Hunt was last year. And that's no disrespect to Joey Hunt. Joey Hunt was fine for a backup, but like, you know, there were some issues with the snaps last year from Hunt, um, and Posick out outside of his performance in the wildcard weekend game, uh, he's, he was a solid center for most of the season. That is true, and I think I get caught up sometimes with the more recent performances, and then I'll just get on the player, or I'll get the mindset that I don't like that player because they do stuff like that and just get a lot of penalties, maybe. So, I don't know. I think I think we could definitely ride him out for another year if we have him on a good contract. Yeah, and I mean, I'm once again, in defense of Ethan Postick, of course he's going to be a little bit more nervous when he's going up against, you know, all pros like Michael Brockers and Aaron Donald. Um, you know, when his job is to be matched up against guys like that every snap, the ball is going to come out a little low and he might commit some penalties because he knows that, like, the best football player in the world is, like, two inches from his face. Um, Do you think Aaron Donald's the best player in the league right now? I do. I think that he's definitely the best at what he does. I'd argue that there are some quarterbacks who are more impactful to their respective teams just because of the nature of the quarterback position. But when it comes to doing your job, Aaron Donald is the best football player in the league. He is a game wrecker. He gets tons of sacks um, by creating pressure up the middle. He gets tons of run stuffs. Um, I, every week, every year, I see him just dice up the Seahawks offensive line and he's you know just such an impactful player he can't ever be single blocked he demands uh two blockers every time and even then he still manages to be productive Aaron Donald is far and away the best football player in the league I I mean I think there's a bigger difference between Aaron Donald and whoever you would put below him versus with quarterbacks but I still think a quarterback such as Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen has a bigger impact on the game and a bigger impact on their team not just on the offense but the quarterback is the person you build a team around and they're also the person that's supposed to lead your team and I think Russ is a great example of that we have built a team around him and he's a great leader so I wouldn't say Donald's. I think he's the best defensive player in the league, but I wouldn't say he's the best player. 
Aaron Donald, I would say, I would argue that what Aaron Donald has done for the Rams team is more impactful than what any quarterback can do. You know, it's possible to scheme up an offense with a bad quarterback and still have it be a good offense. I mean, you all remember the, the 2017 Chiefs with Alex Smith? You guys remember that team? Top offense in the league, and Alex Smith was getting MVP votes by checking it down to Kareem Hunt every play. Check it down to Kareem Hunt, throw up a 50-50 ball to uh, Tyreek Hill, and then throw a 10-yard square out to Travis Kelsey every time, and it worked. Yeah, well, That is I true. Another thing, though, is you can't really give all of the pass rushing credit to Aaron Donald for the Rams defense because I remember when I was watching the Seahawks game I was like oh okay Aaron Donald's out of the game now it's our chance we need to capitalize and then Russell Wilson kept getting like pressured and sacked so I don't I don't know if it's completely him like the other guys on that line are also really good but I think and- um in terms of guards that the Seahawks could bring in I know Joe Thune is a free agent and in terms of centers, I mean, you got Mike Pouncey. Pouncey is getting really old, though, and both of those guys would probably come with a high price tag um, just off of name recognition. I mean, uh, first of all, Thune, uh going and getting him would mean accepting all the risks that come with signing former Patriots players. Um, you know, I can you guys think of any like New England Patriots free agent that worked out after New England other than Chandler Jones? Brady. Brady? Uh, yeah, okay. Brady. Yeah, I was going to say Brady and Gronk. But I don't know. They're just so... I think they're different. They're in a different category because they were so dominant when they played on the Patriots. And they're still good now, but they're also getting older. So Brady, Gronk, and Chandler Jones. There have been two decades of people trying to poach players from Bill Belichick. And three have worked out. Two of those only for oh, a season. That we can think of. That we can think of. Unless you guys can think of like some other hyper-successful uh, Patriots player. But when I look at... like. Um, I'm, you know, bullish on signing Patriots players because I look at the Detroit Lions and they signed a bunch of ex-Patriots players. Um, They went and signed uh, Jamie Collins and they went and signed Trey Flowers. That's Trey Flowers with a Y, not the Seahawks corner. Um, By the way, common confusion. Um, But, like, I think that, um, you know, it's it's always risky to go and sign a Bill Belichick player because Bill Belichick just makes everyone so much better. Right? Yeah, that, I, yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, think about, think about the contract that the, Danny Amendola signed with, with the Dolphins, and he didn't even finish out his career with the Dolphins. He also went, again, to the Detroit Lions. Um, I'm, Amendola was, he was all right. He was a solid number three or two receiver with, with Miami, but he was uh, not the dominant force he was in the playoffs with New England. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think there's, there's a difference with the quarterbacks, but I don't know. Yeah, there's a difference with quarterbacks, but that's not what we're talking about. I mean, Thune will come at a high price tag, and signing him will mean that probably one of KJ Wright or Shaquille Griffin or possibly Chris Carson, will have to leave because the salary cap might decrease this year rather than increase because the NFL didn't make any money off tickets with the pandemic. Uh, Speaking of the NFL, I think we should wrap this up with the four divisional round playoff games coming up this weekend. There's going to be some good games. I think every single one of these is going to be close, and I think it's going to be pretty pretty competitive i mean you have browns chiefs rams packers ravens bills and buck saints so which one do you guys want to talk about first 
Uh, I want to talk about that Packers game. Uh, in part, we've been talking about the Rams a lot, but I want to talk about the Green Bay Packers. I think that the Green Bay Packers match up really well uh, with the Rams. Um, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are both two, you know, all-world players. Uh, they are definitely the epitome of star power. I want to see Jalen Ramsey against um, against uh, Devontae Adams, but, you know, I think that um, the way this game is going to have to be hashed out, the Rams offense should be able to move the ball. The Packers had a really, for all the talent in their front seven, their run defense was putrid last year. They were in the bottom 10 of the league, and Cam Akers should be able to move that ball with efficiency. The Seahawks defense was ranked fourth in the NFL against the run. The Packers defense ranked 22nd. I think that um, if you can move the ball, you can get 136 yards out of Cam Akers against the fourth-ranked defense. Imagine what he'll be able to do against the 22nd. That's true. I think Akers is certainly going to add a lot of value. A matchup that I'm really looking forward to seeing is one, Donald against that Packers O-line, but then um, also Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey, who a lot of people consider the top players at their position, at least for this year. So I think that's going to be really well. We saw Ramsey played quite well against DK Metcalf last week, and I think Adams will give him a bit of a different challenge, but it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and I yeah. think uh, what I'm also excited for is to see how um, how Aaron Rodgers utilizes the uh, the 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 more minor pieces of his offense. I Devonte Adams is obviously the queen on the chessboard when it comes to the Packers offense, but with him drawing coverage from Jalen Ramsey, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the lesser pieces, guys like MVS and Robert Tanyan, are utilized. Um, I I don't know. I think this. Um, this Rams and Packers game might come down to how well Aaron Rodgers can utilize the guys on his offense that are not named Devonta Adams. Yeah, and uh, as of five hours ago, Jared Goff says that he's ready to go and feels good. So looks like we're into we're in for a game. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Rams are getting their QB one fully healthy. This should be interesting. Must see TV on divisional round weekend. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just looking at these names, I would think that the Ravens-Bills is going to be just the least exciting game. And on any given Sunday, on any normal Sunday, that would be an amazing game. But then you have Brady-Breeze, kind of like the final battle between them. You have the Browns, who just upset one of the best teams in the league. And then you also have the Chiefs. It's tough. It's a really, really good divisional round. And I think the teams that come out on top here are going to be... We're going to have a good Super Bowl this year. Yeah. I think that... I'm well, definitely, definitely should be a, a a great Sunday of football. I, for one, cannot wait for divisional round weekend. I want to watch all of these games. Um, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, thank you for listening to the water break. I hope your Friday night goes great. Uh, keep listening to 88.9 The Bridge for more music and conversation that spans generations. And we'll see you guys next week at this time. So long.